The Red River Showdown was an exceptional game of football to watch, so you know I have to talk about it. I checked in on some former Cowboys that are playing in the NFL, plus how Vegas feels about the Cowboys matchup on Saturday. All of that on today's episode of Locked on Pokes. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lyndall Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked on Pokes. So starting off today, I can't not talk about the game we got to witness over the weekend, a 55 to 48 offensive shootout that saw the Sooners come out on top. But since we'll be facing both of these teams in the future, I thought I'd take a deeper look at what they did. It was nice this weekend not to have to worry about our own game. There was a lot of fantastic football on, and it all started with this OU versus Texas game, which, you know, there were a bunch of different ways to feel about it. Obviously, we want both teams to lose, so there's no real coming out, coming out on top as an Oklahoma State fan. I just like to see a really good game of football and to kind of get a look into both teams a little bit. Starting with Texas, who we played this weekend on Saturday. I think you just got to come out and say that Texas kind of choked in the second half. They couldn't adjust to OU's quarterback change when they went from Spencer Rattler to Caleb Williams. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But it seemed like like Texas really couldn't adjust their defense to shut down Williams. Xavier Worthy isn't getting the attention that he deserves, I don't think. What an absolute baller. He had nine receptions for 261 yards and two touchdowns. It's going to be crucial to try to shut him down some when we play them this weekend. Bijan Robinson is one of the best running back prospects to come out of college in several years, and he's still got another year of college to go. He's getting paralleled to the likes of Saquon Barkley. On Saturday, Robinson went for 20 carries, 137 yards, and a touchdown. He was clearly worn out by the fourth quarter, and his skill on Saturday was much more the way he ran than his box score shows. I mean, he he just breaks... He breaks like four tackles every run. It's it's insane to watch. He is, when people say, you know, that guy's a human joystick, that's legitimately how I feel about Bijan. He's a fantastic running back. As much as I hate that we have to play him and hopefully shut him down, he's so fun to watch, and I'm glad he's on the Big 12 stage, at least for now, so that we get an up-close and, and personal view of what a special talent he is. Texas offensive line, they got worked. On Saturday, Casey Thompson was sacked three times and was hurried a handful more. Otherwise, though, Casey went 20 of 34, 388 yards and five touchdowns, five touchdowns. 
I think it's safe to say that the Longhorns made the right choice in pivoting to Casey Thompson after the first game at the beginning of the year. He seems to be pretty well adjusted to the speed that Texas wants to play at. I like watching him, but his offensive line did get beat on Saturday. Texas was able to get to Rattler, but struggled to get to Caleb Williams once the change was made. I talked about that a little bit already, but the defense really just in every facet couldn't adjust to what Caleb Williams brought. And I don't know if that's because they schemed so hard for Spencer Rattler that they couldn't get out of it, but you got to be able to stop that when you get a switch. You got to know, even if you revert to a, a very basic defense, you've got to be able to stop a guy like Caleb Williams coming in. As we get deeper into the week, I'll talk about some key things I think the Cowboys will have to do in order to stop the Longhorns this coming weekend. But for now, let's look at OU's performance in the Red River Showdown. I'll likely dive into this a little bit more with the Locked On Big 12 host when uh, all of us Locked On Big 12 hosts get together this week. But this is just my perspective. I don't think OU's defense is as good as maybe everybody else does. And that doesn't mean that they've improved. I think they're certainly better than last year, but the bar was on the floor. I mean, there was there was nothing to clear. There was very little expectation. So sure, they look great. I think Texas was the first true offensive weaponized team that OU play, has played, and they weren't able to stop much of that production. Not until late into the game when fatigue had kind of taken over for Texas, but and, and OU had all the momentum, of course, in, in that late second half, but... I just don't think that they're as good as maybe some of the praise has been. I think they're fine. Again, certainly better than last year, but maybe we just take just a, a, a step back and examine it a little bit more. OU was able to get to Casey Thompson, as mentioned. That's going to be a huge thing that we can keep our quarterback protected against these defensive front sevens because we know our offensive line has struggled. They continue to get better. We need them to continue to continue to get better. And I think they will running back. Kennedy Brooks had a stellar day on the ground with 25 carries for 270 yards and two touchdowns wide receiver. Marvin Mims had himself a day through the air with five receptions for 136 yards and two touchdowns. He had that fantastic catch, a great throw by Caleb, Caleb Williams, late in the game that was just it's it's going to be on some highlight reels for for a while the biggest question we have is what will Lincoln Riley do at quarterback Spencer Rattler was benched against Texas after two turnovers a fumble and an interception he finished the day eight of 15 for 111 yards plus the two turnovers Caleb Williams came in for relief and went 16 of 25 for 212 yards and two touchdowns plus no turnovers but is Lincoln Riley going to lean into seniority I asked online about if Spencer Rattler gets his starting job back and was met with a resounding bunch of no ways. There's absolutely no chance. But I don't know if I agree. Rattler started this season as the favorite Heisman winner and the number one NFL draft pick. So I can't imagine one bad showing is going to result in his benching for the season. And if it does, does he transfer? I would assume he would have to just to get his NFL stock back up. But there are a lot of questions in the quarterback room right now. Uh, I would not, I do not envy Lincoln Riley at this moment. Without bashing too hard on Spencer Rattler, I'd, I'd be remiss not to mention his lack of enthusiasm on the sideline after Caleb Williams took the Sooners down the field for a touchdown. He just didn't look into it at all. And, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, obviously, but I, I just... 
mean, those are supposed to be your brothers. Like, you should be excited regardless of if you got benched or not. You weren't getting the job done. They needed somebody to come in and get the job done. And and like I said, those are supposed to be your brothers, your family. So it was a little disappointing to see him not very excited. But again, I don't want to bash too hard on him. We don't know what's going on. So there is, you know, a matchup with the Sooners in the future, possibly two, depending on how the season goes. So I'll be keeping a close eye on their possible quarterback battle. Again, Lincoln Riley could come out and just say, I'm going to start Spencer Rattler. He's our quarterback. But if a battle were to ensue, I would be keeping a heavy eye on that. Up next, we check in with some former Cowboys handling their business in the pros. But first, college football fans, have you heard about prize picks? Now, we had a great week of college football, and it can be made better if you use Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's I know we use the word easy, we throw it around, but I am not good at computers, and this app is seriously easy to manage. Prize Picks offers all the props you can think of, including touchdowns and interceptions. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the protect projected numbers use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy price fix is safe and offers fast withdrawals make sure to use promo code locked on for a 100 match up to 100 dollars. don't hesitate check out prizefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today price picks is daily fantasy made easy Thank you for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. So you know I like to keep an eye on our former Cowboys that are making it in the pros. Matthew Wolf finished second at his PGA tournament this weekend. And I almost worked him into this, but I thought I'd just cover some NFL players since it's snack dab in the middle of uh, football season. First up, Matt Amendola, former Oklahoma State place kicker, has been the Jets kicker this season. Earlier this season, Amendola was tasked with both kicking and punting duties. Having never punted before, Amendola passed with flying colors. He had an average punt distance of 48.5 in his NFL debut. He didn't have an opportunity to attempt any field goals or extra points, but he made himself useful to the team as the punter. When usual, punter Braden Mann went down with a knee injury on his plant leg. And I know it sounds small, but being a threat at multiple places... Uh, on the football field makes an NFL team want to keep you around. So that's that's something that gets put in his pro column. Even if it's something small like that, it definitely got noticed uh, by his regime. So since then, and being back on the place-kicking side of the football, Amendola has had a strong season. A couple misses, but that's really to be expected for rookies. Even if Amendola is technically two years removed from college ball, he's still considered a rookie because he never played in the 2020 season. This weekend, he did miss an extra point, which seemed to be a theme amongst NFL kickers. If you watched any NFL football yesterday, an unprecedented amount of missed extra points happened yesterday. But he did hit a 31-yard field goal to keep them from getting skunked in the first half by the Falcons. And while it wasn't enough to win the game, he also hit a 49-yarder in the second half. That's not a small kick. Almost 50 yards is a long way. Last week, Amendola hit a 22 two-yard field goal 
to put the Jets up versus the Titans in overtime. That kick ended up sealing fate, and the Jets grabbed their first win of the season. So he's having a very good start to an NFL career. Chuba Hubbard had his first shot at the starting running back gig for the Panthers last week, a tough ask against the Dallas Cowboys defense that has been playing pretty stout this season. But he had himself a game on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. He rushed for 101 yards. The Panthers' offense only had 109 total rushing yards. So Chuba had the majority of those rushing yards. He also grabbed five receptions for 33 yards. He's the first rookie for the Panthers to rush for 100 yards since 2008. Matt Rule seemed very pleased with his performance. I love to hear the reassurance from coaches. That sounds small, and I know... We joke a lot about coach speak, but some coaches I just feel are more genuine and Matt Rule kind of falls in that category for me. He almost broke off a few times for one of those classic to the house runs that we all know and love. Didn't quite get that going, but still a very pertinent part of the Panthers offense. He had 87.8% of Carolina's backfield touches and proved himself totally capable of being Christian McCaffrey's backup should the Panthers need him again this season. He did exactly what he was drafted to do. Another big win for a Cowboy in the NFL. This one, not as exciting of an update. Rodarius Williams has worked his tush off to get a shot to be on the Giants defense after being selected in the sixth round of the NFL draft. He's been pushing for more playing time, showing up well in practice, just really doing what he's been asked to do. Unfortunately, the Giants were hit with one heck of an injury bug this week, and it bit Rodarius as well. He will be out for the season with an ACL tear, so thoughts and prayers to him for a speedy recovery. We know what he has in him, so he was just getting a chance to show that, and I know he'll come back uh, guns blazing and ready to go couple other Cowboys this weekend. Blake Jarwin is playing for the Cowboys. He's kind of in two tight end sets with their other uh, tight end, Dalton Schultz. But he's got a touchdown pass two weeks ago and, and really kind of doing what he's supposed to do for the Dallas Cowboys. Amin Ogbong Bamiga got to suit up for the game against the Cleveland Browns this weekend with the Chargers. So that was great to see for him. I love seeing our Cowboys produce in the NFL and really just making strides towards their goals to get to get where they want to be. So that's all fantastic to see. I love to share it, so I will continue to do so. Next up, how media and Vegas views the game against Texas. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. It tastes like a candy bar, and I can confirm this now. I can officially confirm that Built Bar does taste like a candy bar. I am very impressed with the protein bar. I tried the peanut butter and chocolate because it's the most elite combination of flavors. If you're adventurous and looking to try every flavor, you can check out Built Bar's Mix Box where you get two of each of the nine flavors over on Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Built Bar is a protein bar that indeed does taste like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. So I think it's important to always look at how Vegas feels about uh, your football game. So like I said, I will dive into what keys I think are 
to our victory later this week. But I wanted to touch on the early favorite, the over-underlines, and the general public opinion on the Oklahoma State-Texas game coming into this weekend. Texas is a five-and-a-half point favorite with an over-under of 60-and-a-half. I know we've talked about how explosive the Texas offense is, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that final score fall under 60 and a half. I just don't I just don't know that we get that high on the scoring side of things, partly due to Oklahoma State's defense and partly the fatigue that Texas will be feeling after that brutal game that was the Red River showdown. And by the way, can I just say how much I wanted it to go into overtime. Just really wear those kids down before we had to go against them. Of course, that didn't happen. But regardless, that was a long game on Saturday. And we've had the last week to rest up. So uh, that's I think that will cause maybe uh, less than 60 and a half points. Texas and its opponents have combined to put up more than 60 and a half points in three of six of the games this season. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State has not yet combined with with its opponents to score more than 60 and a half points in a game this season. So you've got one team that is constantly, not constantly, but has more regularly gone over 60 and a half points and a team that hasn't done it at all yet. When you look at the stats for the two teams, Texas average points scored 44 and a half, average points allowed 29.2, average total yards 480. I don't think they get 480 on the Cowboys. Average total yards allowed, 441. They have six turnovers and 10 takeaways. When you look at the Oklahoma State side, average points scored, 25.4. Average points allowed, 18.6. Woo, 18.6. That's nice. Average total yards, 380.8. Average total yards allowed, 305.2. That's what I'm saying. I just don't think that um, Texas puts 480 total yards up on, up, up on us. Up on us. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We have uh, eight turnovers and six takeaways. So they definitely are. We're going to have to limit the turnovers. I know three of those eight came against Baylor. So it's going to be imperative to cut back on those turnovers and win the turnover uh, battle against Texas if it were to turn into one. I'm very much looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a very good game. Like I said, we'll dive into some keys to victory sometime this week. Thank you for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for a little less numbers and a lot more opinion on the Oklahoma State versus Texas game. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Big 12. Get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. Free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can follow me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!